take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Joke of the day. What is one positive way to look at the word evil? Answer. Backwards, because it spells live. Thought of the day. Comes from French philosopher René Descartes. He was a French philosopher mathematician and scientist. He often has been called the father of modern philosophy. He said it's not enough to have a good mind. The main thing is to use it well. Hello and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. This is episode 29. Thank you for joining me today. Today, since it is Halloween, I want to talk about somewhat of a taboo topic for people with disabilities and families. Sometimes, when someone has a disability, they get criticized or stigmatized for the myth of sinful actions. In other words, some people think disability is a result of previous bad actions. According to some research, stigmas connected to disabilities have existed for more than a thousand years. It could also be traced to religious stories of the blind man that needs to be healed because he is unclean, or that disabilities were visible signs that parents were being punished for transgressions or sins. In the Jewish Torah, for example, the disability was caused by Yahweh, the Jewish name for God. An opposite example in the New Testament of the Bible, Jesus once defended the sinful myth in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. According to the passage, Jesus saw a man who was blind from birth. The disciples asked him, Rabbi, who said to this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus replied, Neither the man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so the works of God might be displayed within him. Despite that, sometimes people of faith equate a healthy mind with a healthy body. Similarly, people sometimes think someone having a disabled body means they also have a disabled mind. This is also part of the attitude 
that people with disabilities were demonized or shamed or blamed or judged for having disabilities. The negative halo phenomenon is the spread of evaluation from the physical injury to those areas or characteristics not affected by the injury. The negative halo effect is more commonly known as the horn effect. Put simply, the halo and horn effect is when our first impression of somebody leads to have either a biased positive opinion or negative opinion of them. Therefore, if someone has a negative opinion of disabilities, the bias extends beyond the disability to the perception of the person. This occurs when someone does not want to feel cognitive dissonance. According to psychology today, cognitive dissonance is the term for the state of discomfort felt when two or more modes of thought contradict each other. The clashing of cognitions may include ideas, beliefs, or the knowledge that one has behaved in a certain way. It happens when discomfort is caused by inconsistencies within people and within their own mind. A common Christian biblical story that illustrates cognitive dissonance is the story of the Good Samaritan. It has even come to define a strange or unknown or unexpected helper. A Good Samaritan is a compassionate person who unselfishly helps others, especially strangers. It came from the Samaritan passerby in the New Testament who was the only person to help a man who had been robbed and beaten. Other people who came by before the Samaritan didn't help him. The story can be found in Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 37. It took time, effort, and risk for the Samaritan man to help. Inconsistencies of thoughts and existing beliefs are harder and they take more time and effort to process. An example of cognitive dissonance to the idea and belief that disabilities are negative is the disabled God theory. It was proposed and argued by Nancy Easland. By the time the theologian and psychologist Nancy Easland was 13 years old, she had had 11 operations for a congenital bone defect in her hips and realized the pain was her permanent circumstance in life. So why did she say she hoped that when she went to heaven, she would still be disabled? 
Miss Easland had come to believe that God was in fact disabled. It was a view that was articulated in her influential 1994 book, The Disabled God, toward a liberatory theology of disability. She pointed out to the scene described in Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 39, in which the risen Jesus invites his disciples to touch his wounds. She said, in presenting his impaired body to his startled friends, the resurrected Jesus is revealed as the disabled God. She wrote, God remains a God that the disabled can identify with. He is not cured and not made whole. His injury is part of him. Neither a divine punishment nor an opportunity for healing. In the 17th century, the philosopher Rene Descartes depicted the mind and body as two separate substances. Other philosophies, like existentialism, helped people with disabilities to discover or create a sense of meaning in their lives. Existentialism focuses on the present and the future, not the past. A simple example of existentialism in current events is the way the coronavirus has changed the way people have lived because of the new challenge and the new circumstances. As a result, many people have made a responsive adjustment. The existential perspective emphasizes taking responsibility for going forward and choosing your destiny. Existentialism also encourages people to live with courage and learn from failures and successes by facing challenges and finding their own purpose in those challenges. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I want to talk about my first college experiences with philosophy at Marist College in 1991. Growing up with a disability, I got a lot of exposure to cognitive dissonance and how people without disabilities struggle to understand and reconcile thoughts, attitudes, and many comments. I first learned about existentialism in high school by reading Shakespeare and Hamlet's famous line, to be or not to be. That is the question. I realized that it was a basic question about existence and the importance of a conscious choice. I discovered Rene Descartes in college. Descartes came up with the doctrine of innate ideas. It is the thesis that human beings possess at least some substantive knowledge without learning it. Descartes believed it, and it is commonly known as instincts. 
The three sources of innate ideas come from God, the mind, and the body. There is also a source that is a combination of the mind and the body. He believed that if a child touched a hot stove, they got reminded of the idea that the stove was hot. Another lesson I learned through Rene Descartes was through one of his most famous quotes. I think, therefore I am. I interpreted that to mean that the way I thought about myself influenced how I felt. Those philosophies helped me shift my own perceptions. Because my body is crippled, I thought my mind was crippled. It turns out my environment had crippling beliefs. One example of a crippling belief that other people have about disabilities is that crutches or a wheelchair is a symbol or presentation of a disability. Upon first glance or first thoughts, crutches and wheelchairs are a symbol or an indication of a disability. But crutches and wheelchairs are more specifically and more importantly the tools or devices that many people with disabilities use to navigate the world. The crutches, wheelchairs, or other disability devices often help people with disabilities manifest their best outcomes by supporting them or helping them out in some positive way. I realized that growing up with crutches, I first thought of my crutches as a negative sign of my disability. Learning that my crutches were a positive sign or device for my disability helped me to realize that the disability itself was positive. It also helped me to realize that I could push my own boundaries of my mind and my body. Is there a belief or disability stigma that still haunts you or makes you feel bad? How does cognitive dissonance help you in your life? How can existentialism help you create a new meaning for your life? Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show 
on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. Always what I like, I never give up.